brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Seria is back, which means simply Seria is back. And whilst we're talking about returns, joining me is the brilliant Tommy Milanese. Tommy, welcome back to the show, mate. How are you, first of all? How's your summer been? Yeah, very good, man. Uh, yeah, well, obviously, summer's been great in, from a sporting point of view uh, with the Euros and the Olympics. I totally enjoy that, I'll be honest. Uh, but no, yeah, it's, it's great to be back on the show. How are great you? To have you, my friend. Yeah, all good, all good. Uh, I can't say it's been a, a great summer. Supporting Arsenal is always uh, is always difficult. There's been lots of transfer speculation. We finally got some deals over the line, and I'm still not convinced that mm. they uh, they significantly improve us. But we move forward, and uh, we're recording this the morning after Arsenal's uh, beating from Chelsea. <laughs> so not in the greatest of moods. So if I am a little bit touchy today, that is yeah, why. <laughs> it's still a long time. The league is very long. Absolutely, absolutely. But before we uh, we dive into some of the individual games, let's quickly take you through the results from round one of Serie A. Verona 2, Sassuolo 3, Inter 4, Genoa 0, Empoli 1, Lazio 3, Torino 1, Atalanta 2. And then on Sunday, it was Udinese 2, Juventus 2, Bologna 3, Salernitana 2, Napoli 2, Venezia 0, and Roma got off to a winning start under Jose Mourinho by defeating Fiorentina by three goals to one. We're going to start off with the reigning champions, Tommy, because I think it's only fair. There's been a lot of turmoil at Inter over the course of the summer. Antonio Conte left the club. Ashraf Hakimi was sold on. And then Romelu Lukaku uh, moved back to the Premier League to join up with Chelsea. And I think there were a lot of question marks from people maybe outside of Italy who were looking in as to whether Inter could maintain that level or at least be right at the top of the table, challenging for the Scudetto again, given all the significant losses over the course of the summer. But Simone and Zaghi's side got off to the perfect start. Now, I know it was only Genoa, with all due respect to them. But Inter, for me, looked really, really impressive. I mean, Simone and Zaghi couldn't have asked of more uh, from Edin Dzeko and Hakan Chalanoglu, who, who had incredible debuts, didn't they? Yeah, for sure. It was definitely a dream start for them. Um, 4-0, so scoring loads of goals. Clean sheet, uh, first game at home with their fans. I mean, yeah, it, it was a perfect afternoon for them. Um, yeah, like you said, they have a bit of a troubled summer. Um, they only had, I think, a couple of days to celebrate Scudetto and then straight away the, the, the news of Conte broke in and then all the others uh, just shortly after. So, so yeah, I've I I, I seen a lot of journalists and fans online, whether they were Italian or, or from, from the UK, that were putting Inter behind Juventus in the title race um, before the, the start of the season. But, yeah, they have the, the, the perfect start. Um, and they really showed that they're they're up there for for, for you know to to regain their title. Um, Inzaghi, I think, did great. I mean, 
a lot of people say that, and I totally agree that he looks like the perfect manager for Inter. Um, he's young. Is he has a is a similar formation to Conte, although his three five two works pretty different than Conte, but it's still the same formation. So there are some some similar points there. Um, and yeah, Edin Dzeko is is just a great player. Obviously, the biggest question mark on him is if he's going to be fit for the whole season, being thirty five years old. But yeah, he's he's just a phenomenal player. He he he's good at scoring goals. He scored one yesterday. Uh, with the grey header, but he also creates some play, especially in the second goal, the Chalanogle one. You can see how he dropped deeper to create space for him, and and, and, and yeah, it, it resulted in Chalanogle having a lot of space to to look at the goal and and charge the shot, uh, which which resulted in, in in a great goal. Um, so yeah, so very good start. Um, I think they're definitely up there, um, up there with Juventus, if not even more, for as a favourites to regain the title. What what did you make of it? Yeah, I really enjoyed their performance. I thought they were, obviously they got off to a wonderful start. I think it was seven or eight minutes in when they broke the deadlock. And that obviously helps, doesn't it? Because it draws Genoa out. They can no longer sit back, defend deep and look to frustrate you. They have to come out and play you. And I think that created spaces for Inter. I think you were right to talk about Dzeko's link-up play so much more than a goal scorer. And, um, and, And that is key for me because Romelu Lukaku was more than a goal scorer for Inter last season. And so it wasn't just about replacing his goals this summer. It was about bringing someone in that could create that kind of interlink between the forwards and those players joining in from deeper positions. And I think he did that really, really well. Agree with you about Edin Dzeko and his age and all that. But I guess one of the points that maybe a lot of people have overlooked over the course of the weekend is that, of course, Lautaro Martinez is to come back as well. So Inter, for me have done some good recruitment, some clever recruitment, although they've had to sell for big money and they haven't necessarily pumped all of that money back into the team. I think that the signings that they have made have been smart ones. And I, I still see them challenging right to the very end for the Scudetto this season. And, and Inzaghi deserves this opportunity, doesn't he? He deserves Absolutely. the chance to take a team to this level. Absolutely, yeah. Only a couple of years ago, um, I remember right before COVID, he took Lazio to second place and they were only a few points away from Juventus and then when the league started again a few months later um, they, they struggled to keep up but it really shows that he has he, he's, he's, a, he's a winner he's a, he's a great manager he's still very young people forget that um, he's still very young and what he did the last year was incredible I mean I don't want to talk too much about it because Vittorio is going to kill me if I get anything wrong but you can see how he adapted uh, from his era because he started taking over from the previous manager so he kept the 4 for free because he had players like Felipe Anderson um, so he started with that and then slowly through the years he kind of changed into his mentality and his way to see football which is the 3 5 2 and you can tell that Inter he kind of stepped in and, and tried to um, try to impose his play but without ch- changing too much um, you can see some difference there like for example Chalanoglu playing much more forward than, than Ericsson did last season um, Brozovic was very deep and every every they were starting from the back a lot and Brozovic every yeah every time they had the ball it, it went through Brozovic so there was a few differences there uh, but yeah it resulted in, in a great performance I think um, I agree on the transfer market I guess we'll have to see how Dumfries get on because of course in a three-five-two, the wings backs are very important. And Darmian is a good player. Um, last season, he had a very good season with Conte. He played a lot, although Akimi was was there. Um, but I don't think he, he probably is probably able to to hold that weight on his shoulders for the whole season. Um, so Dumfries looks like a very promising player. Even yesterday, when he came on, the last was it fifteen minutes. 
Um, he had a few good spells. So if he if he, he performs well and he becomes the, the player that Inter fans hope, if Jacob stays fit, and then obviously they're looking to get another striker in, um, maybe Correa, they're talking about Correa or, or a few others, um, and Lautaro keeps the same level as last year, then yeah, they can definitely win the, the league again. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I'm looking forward to uh, what should be an intriguing title race between themselves and the team that we're going to talk about next, and that is Juventus. It was the big homecoming for Max Allegri, uh, but it didn't go the way he would have liked. Despite them uh, taking a two-goal lead, Udinese pegged them back. And uh, it was a night to forget for Wojciech Szczesny, wasn't it? Because he made two errors. First of all, conceding the penalty, and the second one to gift the ball to Gerard Delefeo. I don't know what on earth he was doing there. Um, but Juve went to a 4-4-2. Was that you, what you were expecting from Allegri? Because it's not what I thought he would do. No, not at all. I don't think he tried that at all in the preseason. Um, he changed cards a bit. And yeah, it's not the formation that he he used at Juventus when, when, during, his, um, during his time. So yeah, it was it's a big surprise. Um, and putting players like uh, Ronaldo, of course, was the biggest biggest talking point on the bench, but also Chiesa and Kuluzeski as well. All three in the bench was definitely a big a big uh, surprise. Uh, we all know that he loves Cuadrado as a player, and I, and I can see why because he's one of those players that does so much work um, offensively, defensively. He's just an all round player. But I didn't expect him to start as a as a you know as a wing a right wing on the on the four four two. He did. He played well, but. Yeah, it means that all great players went on the bench. So, I mean, I don't know what to make of that. Um, obviously, a lot of, of newspapers that were talking about Ronaldo being on the bench as a, you know, linked with transfer market, all of that. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if it, it, Allegri, after the game, said it was Stekengo. He, he decided to do it um, just because he, he thought it was, was going to make the biggest impact in the second half. Struggle to believe that a bit because um, I can see why sometimes you it's true that you need to keep some good players on the bench for for the second half. But against Udinese, which when you expect him to dominate, which they did in the first half, and a player like Ronaldo, I don't know. But at the same time, it is the first time, first game of the season, so maybe he did want to to you know to, to not use him too much straight away. So I don't know. What, what did you make of it? I'm not sure if he's if he if it was. I don't believe what Allegri said, first of all. I don't believe that it was tactical. Um, but I do wonder if Juve are starting to prepare for life after Ronaldo. I'm not saying that he's going to go in this transfer window. I don't even think he'll go in January. I think he'll probably play uh, another season at Juventus. But I think there is this... I think what's happened at Juve over the last few years is they've become a little bit too reliant on Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. And I think at Cristiano's Ronaldo's age, and when you look at all the transfer speculation about him potentially moving elsewhere, you come to a place where you have to start planning for life after him. And I just wonder if Allegri is doing that. And Allegri, you know, he's got the previous, he's done it before, he's achieved so much at Juventus. If there's any coach that could come in and get away with that, where where I mean the fans are not on his back, off the back of it, I think it's Allegri. I think he's the man that can do that. But it was a surprise. And obviously, Ronaldo came on and, and put the ball in the back of the net, thought he'd scored the winner. Uh, went a bit crazy with his celebration, took his shirt off only for it to be chalked off by VAR. But I don't know. I, I wonder if if all is well between uh, Ronaldo and Juventus. And if it is something that Allegri is planning to do, and that is phase him out of the side and use him as more of an impact player, I think that's a bit of a dangerous game for Allegri to play in the sense of if he doesn't win the Scudetto, if he doesn't 
compete in Europe, then then people are going to point to that, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, we did see how uh, last last couple of seasons, really, towards February onwards, Ronaldo didn't play in the league as much because he was concentrating in the Champions League, um, especially a couple of seasons ago, I remember. So maybe, yeah, Allegri wants to invert that and maybe he will be the starting point and the main focus in European games and not so much in the league. And I think I think one player that he really likes is Paulo Dybala. Um, and I can see why. I'm a huge fan of Dybala. And I think it's criminal how last season he didn't really play. Of course, of course, he had some injuries and he had, I think he had COVID right before the beginning of the season. So he, he was, you know, his uh, preparation was delayed with the others. But, yeah, I think he's one of the best players that we have in Serie A, if not the best, probably. Um, so I can see why he would probably be at, this, at the centre of the project of Allegri uh, and not Ronaldo. Um, and he showed yesterday, he was, it was great yesterday. He scored the goal straight away, um, playing, as a, playing as a striker, although it's, it's not exactly his role, but he'd done it before. Um, so yeah, he played as a striker, he scored a, a good goal in between defenders, then he created a second goal by dropping a bit deep and, and opening the pitch with this 40-yard pass or whatever to, to Quadrado. So yeah, he, he looked like he could be really, he could really be the starting man uh, and the, at the centre of this project. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so disappointing result for Juve in the end, but it is the first game of the season. As you said already, it's not something to stress. Yeah. And, and But it's but with Juventus, there is always that overreaction, isn't there? Because the expectation is so high. There is always that circus that follows them around. And when they fail to win, naturally, people are going to ask questions. I've, I've seen a couple of the back pages in Italy this morning on the internet and they've, they're plastered with Ronaldo, aren't they? Of course, already yeah. people pointing to that. Yeah, but I guess everyone expected Juventus to win. Um, like you said, first game back of Allegri, people were excited to see life after uh, Pirlo, after Sarri, and kind of go back to normal because that's what it was for loads of years. Um, and especially after the start they had. I mean, they scored after like two minutes, so even even sooner than Inter did with Genoa. Uh, and then the second one, I think it came on 22nd minute or, or around that. So after not much longer than 20 minutes, already 2 nil up, and they were dominating the play, to be fair. So everyone expected to be another 3-4 nil, the same as Inter. In the second half, though, things changed a little bit. They they looked a bit more insecure. They lost a, bit, a few balls, a few too many balls in midfield. Um, but yeah, of course, the goals are... Um, or you know, there's only one man responsible for those goals, and it makes you think. Of course, Shoichadzin is a great keeper, and he showed it through the years. Um, that was obviously mental; it wasn't anything technical. You know, it was yeah. it was just mental. But it's not the first time it happens. Um, I remember I, I think it was last year when they came up, went out the Champions League with Porto. It wasn't exactly a mistake as bad as yesterday, but. Um, the free kick, I remember he was very secure with that. He could have done more. Uh, and it's not the first time I hear fans, you know, not being, being on his side, really. And it makes you think when in the summer where Donnarumma was a bit for free and he's been linked to Juventus for so long, that maybe they should have gone elsewhere rather than sticking with Shedney. But again, it's only the first game of the season. It, it's, it's definitely something he can overcome and, and go back to his standards. Uh, yeah. yeah, if he if he hasn't done that, Juventus probably still still will want the game. Um, but yeah, one thing to point out, in my opinion, is that in the second half they definitely dropped the rhythm, and like I said, they they, they lost a few balls in midfield that Allegri wasn't happy about. So although the goals were the goalkeeper's responsibilities, it still they didn't look extra sharp in the second half. But again, it's the first time, first game of the season, so uh, it can happen. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, moving on to Roma versus Fiorentina. Jose Mourinho got off to the perfect start uh, in charge of the Rome club with a 3-1 win over Fiorentina. Before we talk about Mourinho, though, what do you make of Vincenzo Italiano at Fiorentina? Because a lot of people were quite excited by this appointment. Do you think that he is the man to to begin lifting Fiorentina back to kind of where they belong? It's, it's an interesting one for me. Obviously, he was at Spezia previously. And I'm looking at him and I I don't know too much about him, but I feel like this might be a time for Fiorentina to push on and, and really develop. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm a huge fan of Italiano. Um, it was linked it was linked to Sampdoria a bit and I was very happy about it. Then, of course, it didn't happen. Uh, but yeah, I'm a huge fan. Um, he played very good football with Spezia, even in the Serie B a couple of years ago. Um, he brought him up when they were not the favourites at all. And then even last season, everyone expected them to be the first team to be relegated um, for, for, for the players they had and obviously for the history they had in Serie A, which is basically none. Um, but he played some great football. He, he even won some very difficult games. Uh, you could see that it's, they won those games tactically um, and he did a great job there. Um, from a very motivational kind of manager as well. You can see that the players were playing for him. Um, so yeah, very good season as Pets overall. Uh, and I think he's definitely the perfect man for Fiorentina because Fiorentina has the man, has the players, uh, especially this year with Dusan Blaovic being um, a, v- a very good striker and he's very young. And this year will be one year more, one year more experienced than it was last year. Um, but also the other players around them, they have definitely a good team. But last season they lacked more tactically, probably. Um, they went for Iachini, then they got sacked, and then uh, Prandelli, then Crem uh, from Rome. Prandelli got sacked again, and Iachini came back, wasn't it? Um, so it, it was a bit of a yeah, tactical matter for them. Uh, and a lot of the players didn't really give their all at all. Uh, even play like Callejon, which of course is at the end of his career, but is definitely more than capable to still have a saying in this, in this league. Um, so yeah, I think what they needed was a good manager, young, uh, with good ideas, with, with strong football mentality. Uh, and he's definitely the one. I think they're going to be definitely the surprise this season. They're going to, they want to be the team that improve uh, the position from last season the most. Uh, but of course, yesterday there was a bit of a weird game. They had the man sent off after only 15 minutes and not just the man, but their goalkeeper, which means then Callejon came on, came out for Terraciano and yeah, the formation changed completely. So I think it's a bit harsh to judge him on the first game yesterday because of that. But yeah, I definitely think they will do a good, a good league, a good season. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Jose Mourinho, obviously, as I've mentioned, perfect start, uh, good win. I thought Roma played some good football as well, which is not something you really associate with Mourinho anymore, uh, I've got to say. But Tammy Abraham comes with for big money from the Premier League. I thought he had a really good impact in his first game. couple of assists, and uh, I thought he ran the channels really, really well. Gave them a little bit more mobility than they probably had under Edin Dzeko, right? Absolutely, yeah. You can see how he was playing as a as a striker, but he was moving a lot around the pitch. He was drifting in the left and the right um, a lot, and he did two great assists. Um, you can see his movements were, were amazing, especially in the second goal, how he managed to stay on side between the defenders, but at the same time, he managed to to run soon enough to then uh, be quicker than them and look in the middle and just put in, put in for Vertu. So, yeah, definitely a great performance. Uh, um, we'll get fans excited. I know not everyone from uh, the newspapers in Rome were so behind him. Um, but, yeah, I think I think he's definitely a, a good replacement for Jekyll. And he showed it yesterday. Um, 
what what did you what do you think of him? Obviously, he was linked with Arsenal a bit as well. So, would you like him in your side? And do do you think is that is is that good? It's it's difficult because it depends. It's it's a difficult question to answer because it depends on how you want your team to play. I think with Tammy Abraham, what he'll do is exactly what we've described: is he'll run the channels, he'll pull left, he'll pull what pull right. Physically, he is very good. He's very quick. He's very strong. Um, very hardworking, and I think he's almost like a bit of a workman-like striker. I think you probably will see Tammy Abraham provide more goals than he will score this season. I, I genuinely think that's his kind of style. And I think, yes, you, you're right, he was linked with Arsenal, and it's not a deal that I was completely opposed to, but what Roma paid for him, Arsenal would have never got away with paying that for him because of the the, the Premier League rivalry. I'm sure that Chelsea would have whacked on an additional premium because they preferred to send him abroad. So I think it was a good move for, for Roma, who have obviously been backed very, very well this summer uh, financially. I still feel like it's a massive investment, though, from Roma. Looking at it from Roma's point of view, I still feel like they may be paid slightly over the odds. But if he is scoring you goals, if he is providing you goals... Uh, you know, then I don't think you can really argue with it. I'm a very big believer that the price doesn't really matter yeah. unless the player fails. If the player fails, then you start talking about the price and you can start having that debate mm-hmm. around whether it was a waste of money. But at this stage, I mean, I don't know we're only one game in, but the signs were really good from Tammy Abraham. He, I, I thought he fit in really well um, with the side. I thought he was uh, key in kind of holding up the ball and, and bringing others into the game as well. Obviously set up Mikitari and he obviously formed an understanding with Vera two straight away as well. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think he's going to do well. I really do. I really, yeah. I think Jose is, is a, is a perfect manager for him as well. Um, he obviously Jose knows the Premier League very, very well, probably more than anyone else in, in, in this area. Uh, so he, he saw, he looked at him closely. Uh, he knows what kind of player he is. So if he, yeah, if he asked, for them to the, to the club to spend that much money on a player, it means that he, really, he knows what he's doing. Um, and I mean, there's, there might be a lot of criticism about Jose nowadays in the last years and that, but definitely one thing is great at is to make the striker perform, uh, whether it's goals or assists or uh, he did it last year with Harry Kane. He did it multiple times with, um, you know, world-class strikers in the past. So I think for Tammy, one big reason why Tammy accepted to go to Roma rather than stay in the Premier League is, is because of Jose. He knows that under him he can perform his best and, and become a better player than he was before. And then maybe in a few years, who knows, he might come back to the Premier League as a better player. Yeah, just like Romelu Lukaku has. Yeah, that's it. There you go, prime example. Um, let's move on to Empoli against Lazio. Lazio obviously running out 3-1 winners. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this actual game. Um, very entertaining game. If you haven't seen the highlights, make sure you do check it out. There were plenty of chances at both ends. But I wanted to get your thoughts on Sari at Lazio because one of the things I've been thinking about over the last few days is that Sari plays a very certain style of football. We know what his philosophy is. We've seen it at numerous clubs now. Do Lazio, though, have the squad to complement Maurizio Sari's way of playing? Because it's a very different way of playing to that of, of Simone Inzaghi, who has obviously moved on now. And I just wonder if in terms of what, what they've done in the transfer market this summer, you feel like Sari can get something out of this squad and, and can challenge for the Champions League places? Yeah, it's a bit of a tough one, really. Um, they started well. It was a good win against Empoli, coming from behind as well. 
Uh, but yeah, um, I think Sarri will need some time definitely to impose his, his, his game and his philosophy into this team. Um, it's the same conversation about um, Lazio that I had earlier with Inzaghi. Uh, when Inzaghi joined a few years ago, he there was a 4-3-3 for, for a year. So he started with that and then slowly through the years he kind of imposes philosophy. I think Sarri will have to do the same. Of course, Lazio played with 3-5-2 now for some time and the players have been used to do that. Um, and now he's gonna he's changing to 4-3. So, um, yeah, it will take some time, I think, to, to, for them to adapt. Um, in terms of players, with the ball, Felipe Anderson, which... Um, of course, was a Lazio on those times where they're playing with the 4 3 So I think he's definitely a good player for that. On the other side, um, they got Pedro for Roma. Uh, but other than that, I think they may lack a bit of depth in their areas um, as wingers. Um, and a lot of other players will have to adapt to a new role, like Lazzari, for example. He was bought by Ndagi to be that wing back on a 3 5 2. So um, one, one man can, can do the whole pitch, you know, um, attack, of course, but defend as well. But now, He's playing as right back. Um, of course, he did well with Empoli, he scored a goal. Uh, so you can tell that he's still getting forward, um, definitely. But he's going to have a lot of responsibility in defence as well, especially when they're going to face um, a, a stronger, more dangerous team than Empoli with all respects. Uh, maybe he might struggle a little bit. Um, we, we don't know. Um, I guess, yeah, it's, it's tough to predict. Um, I think they might struggle a little bit at the beginning, maybe um, yeah, for, for the next month or so while Sarri is, is, is um, adapting the players to, to his style. Uh, but he's a great manager. And, I mean, in all, all the jobs he had in his career, he always got the best out of his players. And uh, although he had some criticism here and there, he still achieved very good with Juventus. He still managed to win the league. Uh, Chelsea still won the Europa League. Um, yeah. And obviously, Napoli did amazing. So, yeah, I think he'll, he'll get the best out of it. It might just take a little time because, yeah, like I said, players are not used to it. Um, and yeah, they, they're all going to have to learn a new a new role. Uh, what would you think of it? Yeah, I, I feel the same. I feel like I, I, I have full trust in Maurizio Sarri that he can achieve. As you said, he's, he's done brilliant jobs elsewhere. And I'm a big fan of Sarri's style of football. I think when he came to the Premier League, everybody kind of was like, what the hell is this? And there were people criticising the fact that yeah. he Jorginho to the club. And, and, and we've seen now that people were wrong to, to criticise Jorginho and were probably wrong... Uh, to give Sari such a hard time as well. But I think the key point is is the point that you made. I do think it's going to take time because it is such a big shift uh, stylistically from what Lazio were playing previously to what we know Sari wants them to end up at. And that is going to take time. And I just wonder if he's going to get that time because, you know, Lazio want to be competing for the Champions League places, don't they? That's what they yeah. want to be doing. Um you know, I think if, you know, whether they finish there or not, if they're there or thereabouts, I think you could look at that and say it's a reasonable season. But they will uh, they will be obviously hoping that he can make that transition and turn that team around as quickly as possible. But it is, as you say, uh, a project that I feel, uh, given that there's not mega money to invest as well, is probably going to take uh, a fair bit of time. Another side who uh, will be definitely, in my opinion, challenging for the Champions League places and who have been punching above their weight for quite a few seasons now is Atalanta. Uh, 2-1 winners at Torino. Uh, Luis Moria with a brilliant goal to open the scoring. Belotti, uh, who'd been heavily linked with a move away from Torino this summer, again uh, popped up with the equaliser. But the game was won uh, by Roberto Piccoli late on for Atalanta. Can Gasparini's side maintain the level that they've shown over the last few seasons? Because at some point you feel like unless they do spend big, unless they do kind of change their way, 
they may fall off. They may fall off a little bit, but you know, we've come to expect so much from them now. And, and when I say they may fall off, I don't say that critically. I don't think that I don't want them to fall off. I love the way they're doing it. I love their recruitment policy. I love the way they identify players and the way they sell them on to keep the model kind of working. But can they continue to push the top two in Serie A like they have done over the last few years? Yeah, it's tough to say. Um, I think every year when you see the predictions from journalists and experts, every year they say, from the last few, they say, okay, this is time for Atalanta to step out the top three, four, and then they don't, uh, like you said. So I think it's not that time yet. Um, I think they can still do it. Of course, time will tell. Um, the first game wasn't exactly the, the most brilliant. Um, credit to Torino as well, which I've, I think played a very good game. Uh, I didn't watch it live, but I, I caught up later and yeah, Torino looked very much uh, there. Um, they have a, a manager in Juric, which I'm a big fan of. So I think there will be another team like Fiorentina, which will do better. Um, and you can tell they, they, they were probably a better team than Atalanta in, in, the, in that game. Um, and yeah, and Atalanta, to be fair, struggled a little bit in the preseason as well. They played West Ham, they played a few other... Uh, friendly said so they never look really there um i think uh they, they, we still don't know what they're going to look exactly for throughout the season because the main man zapata is injured at the moment there are transfer um in you know rumors that he might go elsewhere um so i think once once we we close that transfer window and we have that team we might be able to tell a little more but yeah i think i think the, the, the best man of atalanta is, is definitely the manager the gasperini isn't it it's not really uh, any yeah. other, any player in particular so um he's he managed to keep the team similar to to as as it was they didn't sell any of the biggest players other than romero but they replaced him with the miral uh, which is a, a good player that's been waiting for a chance like this to to start for a, for a team uh, for a while so yeah i think they will still do good um and and i think they can definitely achieve top, top four um it will be a battle of course with lazio and roma but um i think they definitely have the potential to to to, to make again do you do you agree or do you think is that this is no, the year? I, I think the the positive is that the team hasn't really changed that much as it stands right now. Um, I think w- what you said is spot on. You you look at the fact they lost Romero, but as you say, they brought in Demiral, and it feels as though the team is pretty much the same. And when we've been talking about some of the other teams, we've been talking about transition, haven't we? We've been talking about, for example, uh, you know, Sari at Lazio having to go through probably what's going to be a transitional period to implement his style. We looked at Juve. I'm not saying that Atalanta are going to finish above Juve, but Allegri coming in and that kind of stutter at the beginning of the season shows, doesn't it, that there is transition going on at so many clubs. We've got so many new managers yeah. uh, in Serie A right now. You feel like the continuity that Atalanta have might see them actually uh, continue to, to achieve what they've been achieving over the last few seasons. And, and just to wrap up the podcast, another new manager is Spalletti at Napoli. 2-0 win over Venezia, who have become everybody's second favourite team uh, here in the UK. Incredible kit Venezia. as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Napoli got the win in the end, but they weren't that convincing for me. Uh, obviously, Insignia missed the penalty before eventually tucking one away, and then Elmas uh, got the second goal for Napoli. But Napoli have got a really strong squad, in my opinion. The question I've got for you, Tommy, is, is Spalletti the man to get them back into that top four and get them sort of punching right at the top of the table again. I've got mixed feelings about Spalletti, which I've formed over a number of years now. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't, you've never been the biggest fan. 
Um, yeah, I'm not sure to be fair how I feel about Spalletti. I've got uh, mixed feelings about him. Uh, I do think he's quite on it um, this year, especially I, I, um, I saw a few interviews he did and he said that Napoli is the biggest challenge he's had his career. Um, and and it's really, I think he's really honest. Also, he's been away from management for a little bit. So I think this might be a good year for him um, in terms of in terms of results. Um, in terms of the games yesterday itself, uh, it was another one a bit harsh to judge, a bit like I said about Fiorentina earlier, because obviously Victor Simen got sent off uh, in a controversial moment after only 10, 15 minutes. Uh, so then they had to play the whole game uh, without a man. Uh, without the main striker, which obviously, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that can change a lot. But uh, they still look dominant, even in 10 men. Of course, they were playing a new promoted team, but they still look dominant. Um, and they managed to get there in the end uh, with, with, yeah, with a couple of penalties uh, and, and, and a few of the super subs like Elmas, which I think will play a good role this season. Um, it would be, be tough for them to, to get into the top four. Of course, if we assume Inter and Juve will be there, then there's only two spots available. Uh, in my opinion, Atalanta can make again the last four. Uh, the, the last one will be a good battle between them and Milan um, and, yeah. and Lazio and Rome, of course. It's tough to say. Um, I think it's like, like we said before, uh, is another one that they would need some time. This will take some time. Uh, maybe not so much because his, um, his way of playing isn't hugely different than uh, how Napoli played in the last few seasons. He's not, they're not going to have to change completely formation and all that. But having a new manager always takes some time. Um, yeah. And I guess it will, it will depend a lot as well if they manage to keep Insignia, which it looks like they will because we're at the end. And he, yesterday he showed quite a lot of passion for uh, the celebration. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's tough to make a prediction. But yeah, again, it will take a little time to, to kind of adapt and, and yeah, for us to really judge. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We look forward to seeing how it unfolds over the course of the season. And that concludes our first episode of Simply Serie A for the 2021-22 season. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Make sure uh, you subscribe if you haven't done so already. And make sure you leave us a review as well. Those really, really uh, do help. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'll leave our Twitter handles in the description below. And make sure you follow the show at Simply Serie A. Yes, it is that simple. Uh, we're going to be back next week with another edition where we'll be looking back at the next round of fixtures. Uh, Tommy, thank you so much for joining me, mate. It was great great to have you back on the show pleasure mate it's always a, it's always good to be it's good fun to be here great stuff we will catch you all very very soon until next week take care and uh, ciao Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't 
win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.